HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos. The Feed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Jen Seisu, the owner of Fish Cheeks, which is a contemporary seafood-focused Thai restaurant in New York City. Jen was raised in Thailand and moved to the U.S. at age 12. She has always had a passion for food and opened her first Thai restaurant at just 22 years old. Fish Cheeks has been open since 2016, and I have to say, it is legitimately one of my favorite restaurants of all time. So always a pleasure to talk to you, Jen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Alexa, for having me. Of course. So you were born here and then moved to Thailand. How old were you when you moved to Thailand originally? I moved to Thailand when I was two years old. Oh, wow. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So your childhood was there pretty yes. much. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what was that like? So were you involved with cooking from a young age? Or what was that kind of life for you in growing up in Thailand and being so food obsessed as you were? I mean, I think that, you know, I came from a very food-driven family. I think both my dad and my mom's side loves food so much. And I think that can, I can say that about literally like every Thai person in Thailand, Mm -hmm. especially in Bangkok, there's so much food everywhere. Like anywhere you go, there's so much food. My mom, my grandmother, not my, my mom, my grandmother actually was, um, she was like a cafeteria lady and she makes the best food. Um, Like what I can remember, you know, when she was still alive was, you know, she was always cooking and she's makes like amazing curries, amazing dishes. My mom, not so much. She, she likes to eat out a lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but actually that's, that, that was amazing. And that was great because we were constantly, you know, trying new things and going out to eat. My dad also is so, snobby I want to say oh, <laughs> like with, with his food yeah like he he goes to certain places for certain dishes and like he has so much 
remarks and comments always, you know, um, and he's always seeking out new, new dishes, new restaurants. So it's kind of, it runs in a family. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that. Your dad seems like an icon. We got to respect that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when did you, were you cooking with them or when did you kind of start, like, when did you kind of start learning about, I guess, how to prepare Thai cuisine or just like, when was your passion really ignited? I think, um, with the obsession of food is, I think, happened since when I was a very young child, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, the person that cooked the most with me was my grandmother. Like I remember just helping her out in the kitchen, like preparing stuff, chopping up stuff. Um, and I love cooking, but I don't love it that much. I just love restaurants. I love working yes. in them. I have always worked in a restaurant since I was in high school and it kind of stuck, you know, throughout college, I was already managing restaurants and stuff like that. Um, so I had an opportunity when I graduated college um, to go in to a restaurant business with some of the people that I used to work with. And, you know, it didn't work out, but it taught me like a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, and my parents were both in the restaurant industry their whole career. So I, you know, while I don't work in restaurants, I have like a very strong understanding and appreciation for people who do. So like, I totally get that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, be- like, based on just how successful your restaurants are, like, you're in the right place, you're doing the right thing. Thank um, you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so were you, I guess, when you were opening your restaurant, since you're not as in love with like the cooking aspect of things, were you kind of like sourcing Thai chefs or like how did that kind of come together where you're like, hey, I know what good Thai food is, but I'm not making it. <laughs> so how did you find the right people to do that? Um, that actually was pure luck. Um, okay, the restaurant that I used to work at, um, that's where actually I that's where I met my business partner. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, we worked together for probably close to two years before we, but during that time, we just kind of, Get, we got to know each other and we, you know, asked each other, hey, what do you want to do after this? Or like, what's the future? And it was always kind of like, yeah, I, we, I want to open a restaurant. He wants to open a restaurant. Um, and the more we get talking, the more we realize that, you know, I think the restaurant that we want to like that both of us want to open is pretty similar in terms of concept and idea. Um, and he basically said, Hey, like I have a brother that, you know, he's a chef, um, in Thailand, he cooks Thai food. Um, we want to bring him over. I was like, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, look at that. I'm glad, I it, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when you came back to the States, I guess, did you, what was that path like for you? Were you kind of pursuing business or like how, what took you from like coming over here to then like becoming a restaurateur and business owner? I'm sure that was kind of a wild journey, but what was that like for you? I mean, like when I, when I came back here, I was only 12 years old. So, you know, I was a kid and, um, went to public school and I didn't really know what I was wanted to study or wanted to do. Um, I went to LaGuardia Arts. I studied art in high school. I kind of loved it, but my dad was like, it would be extremely hard to be an artist or, you know, my major was architecture. So it was like, oh, I would really want to go to an art school for architecture. And my dad is a civil engineer. So he's kind of, you know, supportive, but at the same time, giving me a pointers that like, it's going to be extremely like 
hard life, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of long hours, like you really have to be extremely dedicated. Like, I really want you to go to business school, just to kind of giving your give yourself an option. Um, in case you want to go into a different field or different, you know, like, uh, I guess, like, industry. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did, I went to, I went to Brew College for business. And I mean, but throughout this whole time, I have always, again, like I said, um, I've worked in restaurant, I was managing restaurants. So after college, I was just kind of like, I don't really want a nine to five job. Like I, I want, I like my freedom, but at the same time, like you're able to kind of take off like whatever you want in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, like you can kind of get up and go if you, if, if you, if I can say that, but at the right. end of the day, it's still a lot of dedication and a lot of long hours and a lot of work. So I, I don't know. Like I told my dad, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Kind of pick your poison at that point, but yeah. I, I feel like it's better to do something you're at least like super passionate about right. and in love with. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm glad it worked out. All right. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. I had no idea Fish Cheeks had been open since 2016. Yeah, it's it's a while. Yeah, and it's still, it's just like, banging like so popular like I actually have a friend who was just asking me today like oh I'm going to fish chains for lunch have you been there before I was like yes it is literally my favorite and like told him what to order and so like (laughs) it's still just like absolutely rocking and rolling and so what has the experience been like for you like having such a renowned popular restaurant and like literally the most competitive industry for it in the country (laughs) thank you thank you I mean like you know, I think it's because we're super passionate about the concept and we we believe so strongly about our concept that I think it kind of speaks for itself. Um, okay. I think when we, we started this, we basically, the Thai food scene at the time, you know, was, there. there's a bunch of Thai restaurants. There has always yes. been a bunch of Thai restaurants, but I think Thai restaurants that actually serve food that Thai people eat yeah that's different right like there's a couple you know mom and pop that kind of pops up and then kind of goes away in queens um but there 
has not been one that kind of be the forefront for the mass, if, if, right. you, can, if you can kind of say that, right? If I can mm-hmm. kind of say that. Um, so, you know, when, when we started this, we we saw the ga- that gap and we basically said, hey, you know, like we, we want to um, show people what Thai food is really all about. And, you know, it's not just Pad Thai. It's not just the rainbow curry. We call it rainbow curry, like green curry, red curry. Green, red, <laughs> yellow, yeah. yeah. So like, it's not just that, like there's more to it, you know, and we pick seafood because like Thailand, like we're surrounded by water and there's so much seafood like all the time. Um, so we thought that, you know, that, that is kind of something that we can kind of connect ourselves to and kind of choose to be our concept, you know? Right. Right. And I feel like, you know, you mentioned kind of food that Thai people actually eat. So obviously a lot of the Thai cuisine that people are used to, as far as, you know, takeout, pad Thai, that type of stuff, that's obviously a big part of it. But another part of it is that in my opinion, it's very elevated. Like you don't see a lot of elevated Thai food where it's just kind of like these staples, you get these noodle dishes, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but like you go to a place like fish cheeks and you're like, Oh wow, this, it really was almost like such a gap that there, I mean, even in New York city, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, I, even now there's not a ton of places doing elevated Thai. Right. And it's just, and the, like, I don't know, not to speak for you, but it seems like there's such an emphasis on like, you know, authentic flavors and also like a lot of flavors. Like it's Mm -hmm. just like every one of the dishes of yours that I've tried has been such a flavor explosion. So is that kind of what has been important for you? And as far as I guess education, just kind of educating people like, hey, you know, there is so much more to Thai cuisine than pad Thai and rainbow curry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, like I remember I used to work at all these Thai restaurants, right? And I love them and they taught me so much. But when I I would bring my mom to those restaurants, she would just be like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I paying for this? You know, right. and and for me, I'm like, wait, that's actually very true. Like, why do we have to dumb down the flavor just because we think that people can't handle it? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I think maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, okay, that might be the tactic. That might be kind of the gateway of, hey, you know, too much spice or too much flavor or too much whatever it is, right? Like might be too much for people that have never experienced any other type of food before or experienced Thai food before. But I think now, especially in New York, like I think New Yorkers have such a sophisticated palate because Mm -hmm. there's so many cuisine. There's so many people here. It's again, like a melting pot, right? There's like, there's diversity. There's a bunch of people that has always like travel around a lot. So why are we you know, not giving our culture and our cuisine, like the kind of like the appreciation and the the trueness of it, you know, that it deserves. And, and right. that was like very important because, you know, all of these this dishes in at Fish Cheeks, it's basically things that, you know, me and my partner grew up eating. So, you know, to a Thai person, it's actually not that elevated and it's not even that Diff, like strange right but um and th- that's kind of like the the flavor profile that we grew up eating and we kind of we were confused and at the same time we we're like wow like I can't believe that no one else is doing this right yeah and I feel like that's sort of been in a lot of different cuisines sort of yes. a 
a reckoning of sorts that, you know, we've had here in the States where people were so used to like really Americanized Chinese food, Mm -hmm. Thai food, Indian food. And then all of a sudden everyone kind of realized like, Hey, none of this stuff was even actually authentic. And then you, someone, you know, if you're a foodie or even a little bit interested in these cuisines, and then you try some of that actually like very authentic food from a restaurant that's doing that. And you're like, wait, that is so much better. Why didn't we just start with that? You know? I know. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get it why we can't start with that. You know, like even now I have to say it's very hard to source certain things. Right. And yeah. I think I can't speak for other cuisine because I don't know, uh, but for Thai cuisine, um, we use a lot of herbs. We use a yes. lot of different ingredients that is very, very hard to find here. So I, I totally understand why, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we were, we were kind of stuck with certain dishes, right? Like that, that they can't really make amazing curry paste or, you know, um, certain dishes that needs a lot of spice that needs a lot of ingredients that needs a lot of herbs that is going to be, you know, the star of the dish. And it's not possible to find those things here. So they have to go a different route where, hey, I can find noodles. Definitely. I can find eggs. I can find bean sprouts. I can find peanuts. What is that? Pad thai, right? Like, um, and the sauce itself is like, okay, the most like probably exotic ingredients of that dish is tamarind, but tamarind, you can still find it. It's, It's not, it's, it's not that hard. It's not fresh. It's the it's the can concentrated. So that is easy, easier for, for people to find. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, back then, like uh, the McCrude lime leaves, the even lemongrass or, you know, like the what else, betel leaves and stuff like that, it is not available. Yeah, you know, makes sense. Yeah, but now I think you know, even now, it's it's still kind of hard to source things. But but there's way more now, so so it makes it it makes it a little easier for us. Sure. Yeah, and just you know, I wasn't really here for a lot of the pandemic, but just in seeing what you guys were doing on Instagram, mm-hmm. it seemed like there was. I mean, for every restaurant tour, but especially you know, in New York City, in a you know place that really had benefited so much from foot traffic and all that, like you had to do such an insane amount of pivoting. And like, obviously there was issues with the indoor outdoor and, you know, sourcing thing you're talking about sourcing. And that, that's what made me think of it. But I mean, I know just like how much you were dealing with and I know it was so crazy. So, I mean, what was that kind of like, and how does it feel to kind of be, you know, hopefully, you know, back up to old capacity and where you guys were at before the pandemic. I mean, what was that kind of whole situation like for you? I assume a nightmare, but I know you were doing a lot <laughs> to crazy. pivot and, and make it work. <laughs> it was definitely a little bit of a nightmare and it yeah. was, it was cut. Oh gosh. I, I still remember the first week that, you know, the day of the shutdown, I actually, I got COVID the first day. Oh, so boy. I had to stay away for like a month, but thankfully, you know, my, some of my partner, my, my, some of my staffs are, you know, want to work and are willing to work. So we, we kept it going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the only thing that I can say about it is, you know, we were lucky enough that we were able to slowly pivot and slowly, um, go along with whatever the state and the city is telling us, uh, you know, that we're able to do. Um, I remember it was like, okay, takeout only. So we were takeout only. 
Um, I remember them saying, okay, now you can have people sitting outside. We're like, okay, now we can have people sitting right, outside. Yeah. Now you can kind of serve alcohol for people that's sitting outside. It's like, okay, let, then let's do that. And it, it was insane. And like the things that we had to build, I remember having to like build partitions so I can just, so I can put them in the restaurant so I can put people in the restaurant. And then the stru- the outdoor structure where it was like, okay, now it's staying for two months. Now it's staying for until October. Oh no, actually it's going to stay until next year. The, the outdoor structure for me was, was insane. Like I have pictures in my, on my phone that I like starred and like, I look back, it was insane. It was, first of all, it was the partition. Yes. And then it became a platform and then it became a platform with Amazon tents. And then it became a platform with, with, um, what is it? Like, kind of permanent tent and then I build a booth and then I actually went all out and I built like a whole crazy structure with like panels with that can close that can reopen with heaters it was yeah oh, it was yeah. a lot <laughs> I remember the heat I remember that well I think I actually I literally ate at fish cheeks outside when it was like I don't know maybe 20 30 degrees and right, we were just like right. we were just like out there trying to convince ourselves we weren't know, freezing the, we're like you know, this, is okay. this is okay <laughs> we were just so desperate for something to like go out and eat. We we're like, yeah, we're doing this. Oh my this is God. Fine. Like we can't feel our hands, but we're I know. No, we, at one point we had blankets for people. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was wild. Oh, well, I can't say that I miss it, but I'm glad we all came out <laughs> yeah. on the other side, knock on yes. wood. And yeah, I mean, every time I, you know, talk to a restaurateur or anybody who was in the business, I'm always like, are you okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like it, Obviously, everybody everywhere was super affected, but because, you know, I grew up understanding the restaurant industry so well and, you know, kind of working in food and, you know, being so privy to what was going on with restaurants, I'm always just like, oh, man, like, you all just need a hug so bad. Like, it was just so crazy. (laughs) Just so, so, so crazy. But I'm really glad that, you know, A, that you guys survived and thrived. And, you know, it's like I said, you were really jamming, you know, I have Mm -hmm. friends who are going over there. You're still you still have such a a clout in New York city that, you know, anybody who's visiting it's, you know, it's like on people's lists and it's, you know, it's such a top tier restaurant. So I'm really glad Thank that, you, you know, super sweet. yeah, we're able to kind of like keep that going and kind of yeah. keep that, keep that alive. And like, I, like I said earlier, I had no idea you were open since 2016. Cause you don't hear about mm-hmm. restaurants that I guess are open like that long. that still kind of have that buzz. You know what I mean? I feel like you get like typically a few years where everybody's talking about it and then it's kind of like okay yeah it kind of slips off into the ether a bit but yeah no you guys are still it's like I would have guessed you opened like in 2019 or something like that's like how like hot and buzzy (laughs) it still is but no I I do believe it's because the consistency of the food like we're very much we're very much you know we're willing to kind of educate people and we're we're willing to teach anyone that wants to kind of learn how to make Thai food. Like our kitchen staffs now probably, I want to say 60% American, not even Thai. Really? Yeah. You just got the system down like that? Yeah. Just the old machine back there? Yeah. Just because like, I, I think, you know, me and my partner, like we, we go, we're go, like, we're, we went into this thinking that, you know, we don't want to be stuck here forever. Like we want to open more and more restaurants, right? Like we don't want it to just be this one and only, and this is the only thing that we're going to do. So I think with that means that everything that we are doing, we, other people can like needs to be able to do it too. Right. Right. So I, um, for us, like it's very important that 
whoever that wants to learn, whoever wants, whoever that are that cares enough to learn how to make it, there's like a step for for、mm-hmm. for anyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of the way to do it. That's the name of the game. So, are there other locations in the works, or do you have any projects in the works with upcoming restaurants? Like the Jen Seisu Empire is expanding <laughs> in New York City, or like what's、um, what's on the docket? <laughs> yeah, actually, we we are opening another restaurant、um, in East Village Meatpacking. It's、um, it's going to be called Bangkok Supper Club. Ooh. And we're bringing amazing talent from Thailand.、Um, his name is Max, Chef Max. He was like a right hand man of like Iron Chef Thailand.、Um, and our beverage director, her name is Chasha. Also, she worked in like she was like a director of operation for like 50 World Best Bar in Thailand. Two of them. So I'm super excited. Wow!、Yeah. Oh my god, that is so exciting. I mean,、yeah. I had a feeling you had something in the works. That's for sure. <laughs> I just, I just had a sense. I was like, "There's、yeah. no way she's stopping. She's stopping." <laughs> no,、But- I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited about that project. Just because, like, this is、uh, this is their restaurant. It's not even my restaurant. You know, like it's、mm-hmm. the, the amount of talent that both of them have. Like, we're just kind of, we're just sitting in the back. And just yeah, we just want to see what, yeah we just want to see what they 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 can do for us yeah so is it going to be kind of the same I guess ethos of like elevated authentic Thai or、mm-hmm. like what is like is there I guess a bit of a twist there yeah so so for so for us right right like I think the the Thai comfort food、uh, we have done that with fish cheeks and I think we we are doing it with fish cheeks right and I think.、Um, Um, and I can say that a lot of more restaurants now are kind of in that space、um, for Thai food, right? Like you, right. you have a bunch of restaurants that are coming up and is kind of, you know, appreciating that and and providing the 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 comfort food.、Um, so the new the new concept that we have, we want to take it up a notch and we want it to be a little bit more modern. Um, and we're trying to copy, you know, what? Not copy, but just represent how Thai food in Thailand is doing at the moment.、Mm-hmm. And、okay. there's so many, like, there's so many amazing, you know, kind of elevated, innovative, like new. I, I don't even want to say modern, but I guess like new way of cooking、yeah. Thai food with Thai flavors.、Um, okay. So that's that's kind of what we're we're gonna be doing at Bangkok Supper Club. Cool. And is、yeah. there like a open date set yet, or it's still kind of knock on wood? Hopefully within the next couple of months. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very very exciting. And it'll be perfect timing with like the weather getting、yeah. nicer. New York. And, yeah. Well, that is so exciting. How cool. I mean, yeah. I assume、Thank、if it's、so、even、much. like if it's even like a fraction of how amazing Fish Cheeks is, which I'm sure it will be, if not better, it's going to be like. Insane, but is it kind of hard for you at that point to like? I bet choose like a favorite. They're all like your children, kind of. I know, like these are my babies. That's what I. That's what I tell everyone. Like literally, <laughs> I can't. I love them all equally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I bet. Yeah. And then like, Fish Cheeks will be mad if you're like the the fictional like if Fish Cheeks was personified. Right. Like, jealous. Of, <laughs> jealous. No. Of no.、Husband. We. We love each other, you know. Like、yes. the Shavat Fish Cheeks is also gonna gonna be helping out, you know, with the opening of Bangkok Supper Club. So I I I like to think of it as like one big happy family. Yeah, it's、and、like a sister restaurant. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, how exciting. Well, I'm really excited to see what comes of that. I'm sure it's going to be incredible. And then, yeah, any like lofty ambitions or things to look forward to as you kind of look ahead to the future? Or is it kind of like one thing at a time? I know me personally, it's like one thing at a time, but I don't know if you have anything um, like huge on the docket. I mean, we're trying to do more. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, like, you know, we kind of want to, I feel like we're, we're, we have that momentum right now with the new space. Um, we're actually kind of looking to expand fish cheeks, but we just don't know where yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like physically in that location or different fish cheeks locations? A different location. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm sure like, you know, just I'm biased because I was living in Brooklyn, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, bring it. Bring it I, I live in Brooklyn too. Yeah. I'm like, bring it over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then do you think you'll be kind of stay as a restaurateur in New York? For your whole career do you like have other cities in mind or is that like um, a for, whole... for now New York yeah. you know I, I was raised here I was you know I've been here for a long time there are moments when I'm like oh my god I really want to leave but then every time I leave I want to come back oh yeah mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir I've been like <laughs> I've been back and forth now like I mean obviously with the pandemic but you know I haven't lived here like permanently since for about a year and a half and I like miss it mm-hmm. every single day. And, you know, I come back as much as I literally can. And every time I'm like, Oh my God, I need to move it back. It just has a, such a different energy that yeah, like, I don't think I any other city can mimic it. I know. And people who don't get it, like who haven't lived here, you know, people who visited and just gotten like overwhelmed by the visit or whatever. They're like, Oh, I can never live there. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought that too until I did. And now as soon as I live there, I'm like nowhere else is right. even close. But like, if you know, you know, and we seem to know, so we'll just, we'll keep that and we'll, we'll rock with it. Right. Yeah. Well, was there anything else important about like your culinary journey or your like goals and or anything else that I didn't ask you yet? Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely yeah. in the mood for Thai food. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm like still you sad every time. I can anytime. Oh my God, literally like, do not tempt me. My, I, I was going to go with my friend who went today, but I had too much work. I was like, come on, like 1 PM on a Thursday, who has time for that? But he, I told him what to order and I'm going to actually check in with him after this and make sure that he got everything I told him to <laughs> make sure that he's as obsessed as I am, but I'm oh, sure thank, it thank will get you. glowing reviews. But yeah, thank you so much, Jen, for Tell me about your story and everything else and just getting me Jones in for for Thai food. At this point, I don't think I can carry on another day without having it. So it's a blessing and a curse getting to talk to you about the food over there. But (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And you just let me know. You can go there anytime. Oh, don't tempt me. Do not tempt me. You know I will. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.